Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Columbia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier, Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia. It's that time of the week again, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, here in Bogota, Colombia, 2,600 meters closer to the stars. And this is episode 457 of the Columbia Calling podcast. I'm just growing increasingly pleased with how the podcast is developing and has developed over these 10 years. I mean, you started as nothing and a complete novice way back in 2013, I suppose it is now. And now we seem to have a great following. There's always more than 10,000 downloads a month. That for a niche podcast in English about Colombia. Yeah, I think we should be happy and of course proud and it's in no small part due to emily hart with her news columbia news brief and indeed her additions to the interviews uh, that she does uh you know every few weeks and the most recent one with maria emma wills is one of my favorite if not my favorite that she has done uh, of course talking about reconciliation talking about peace in columbia and i just think it's such an important topic to address Last week's with Dr. Uh, Luisa Marcela Osa from La Salle University in Philadelphia was no less important, really, though, when we talk about the Africa evoking or Colombia evoking Africa and how African, not just rhythms, but in the literature and the art and the culture, it's all there. And we don't have to discuss a great deal. A real honor to get someone of her stature on the podcast discussing this so freely and, of course, unselfishly. This week, and again, I will say it complete transparency. I am a trustee for Children Change Colombia, a tiny, a small NGO based in the UK, but uh, with several projects here in Colombia. What I like most about it is it's small, few employees, which means the money goes to the projects. We've got projects all over the country. And this week, we get to talk to three supporters of Children Change Colombia, two of them from Colombia, but living in Britain, and one of them Indian living in Britain, but all three of them were back over in Colombia recently, and all three of them got to see the project in the Santa Fe area, Los Martires, in downtown Bogota. Now, you don't go to this part of Bogota unless you have a reason to go, or you know someone. It's a very difficult and complex part of Bogota. And I will leave them in segment three to talk about their experiences, not only their experiences, their reactions, and then reflections upon visiting a place of this nature and seeing with their own eyes 
the projects, the, where the money is going from Children Change Colombia, from the fundraising in the United Kingdom and elsewhere, and where it's going and how it's helping Colombia's most at-risk population, Colombia's children. So incredibly important charity, of which I am honored to be a trustee. Of course, thank you again. We are back up to 100 Patreon supporters. We can always push that further if you like. So that's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Columbia Calling. And you can throw a few dollars at us monthly and just help us out a little bit, making the podcast a little bit more viable. And that, of course, that money goes towards the running costs and indeed paying sort of a wage to Emily Hart there in Medellin for all of her hard work. So please consider throwing some cash our way. And if you are well, if you are continual supporters, then there's a, there are um, you know gifts that come along down the line for your uh, for your sponsorship. So thank you again. Don't go away. We'll go over now to the news with Emily Hart, and then we'll be back with three supporters of Children Change Colombia, and they will be talking about their reflections on their visit to Santa Fe in Bogota. So. Those of you who know Bogota will know where I'm talking about. Those who don't will get a pretty vivid image from their descriptions. So thank you again for listening. Don't go away. And please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Columbia Calling. Thank you again. And now some notes and messages from our sponsors. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. The Columbia Calling Podcast is also proud to say that we are sponsored by BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator in Colombia, providing a large range of private day tours, transportation and bespoke packages throughout Colombia since 2017. By popular demand, from January 2023, they will be providing exclusive small group shared tours for those aged 50 and over. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a private package of your own, just complete the form on the Columbia Calling website, that's columbiacalling.co, or the Plan My Trip form on the BNB Columbia Tours website, that's bnbcolumbia.com, and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all your questions, and to start the planning of your Columbia adventure. So please support our sponsors, our patrons here on the Columbia Calling Podcast. That's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Thank you again. I'm Emily Hart, and these are your top stories for the week of February 13th, 2023. Colombia is seeing a flurry of potentially wide-reaching reform this week, with many of new President Gustavo Petro's campaign promises coming to fruition or seeing dilution in new legal proposals reaching Congress. The National Development Plan was proposed to Congress on Monday, a roadmap for the next four years of public spending amounting to 1.2 trillion Colombian pesos. The plan supposedly gathers the results of over 50 regional dialogues held with social groups since September, 
Congress will be debating the proposal over the coming three months. With over 300 articles, the plan delivers Petro's promised new social contract with subsidies to the poorest and to minority groups, energy transition, environmental planning and an expanded state. The plan also lays the foundations for a new approach to drugs policy, legal use of certain substances and presidential powers to regulate. It also proposes amendments to the peace accords, allowing prosecution of third parties involved with guerrilla or paramilitary groups based on the testimonies of their members. A key change will be to the police force, which would be removed from the Ministry of Defence, a configuration which has been linked to a militarised and violent style of policing in Colombia in recent years. A justice reform was also proposed last week, a plan to shift the country away from punitive attitudes and towards restorative justice. The bill proposes the elimination of certain crimes and the reduction of the maximum prison sentence from 60 to 40 years. It also gives more privileges to prisoners to work, visit their families and serve sentences through restorative measures. A health reform will also be presented to Congress this week. In the next few days, Colombia will see marches both for and against the reforms, now planned for different days as fears of violent clashes emerged when the two demonstrations were planned for the same day. However, the country's main unions, via the Consejo Gremial, have rejected the pro-reform march, expressing concern that it is the government itself that is calling for social mobilization. Facing investigation for electoral corruption, Arturo Char has resigned as senator for the right-wing Cambio Radical party. His resignation will trigger a deliberation on whether the Supreme Court of Justice should continue their investigation or if it should be passed to the prosecutor's office. The case relates to vote-buying for Aida Merlano, a candidate in the 2018 elections and currently a fugitive from justice in Venezuela. Char had held his seat for 17 years and says he resigned to focus on his legal defence. Arturo Char is a member of the Char clan, an extremely wealthy and politically influential family who wield enormous power on the Atlantic coast. Merlano also accuses Arturo's brother Alejandro of involvement. The prosecutor's office will charge the last three governors of the Department of Magdalena for embezzlement and illegal contracting, as part of one of the largest corruption investigations in recent years, dubbed the theft of Magdalena by the prosecutor. According to the investigation, more than 70 billion pesos in contracts to improve the infrastructure of the department and for education centres in Santa Marta were lost, including for a library of toys. Jorge Luis Alfonso López, sentenced to 29 years in prison for the murder of journalist Rafael Prins, was released in order to become a so-called peace facilitator for the High Commissioner for Peace, part of a new programme to appoint mediators in peace talks with armed groups, under the policy of total peace. It is not yet known which groups he was to represent. The release was so controversial that it was quickly investigated and then the appointment was revoked. The Attorney General said there is no legal framework allowing the release of criminals for this purpose and the government themselves requested the revocation of his release. Alfonso López is the son of Enilce López, also known as La Gata, a businesswoman also convicted of murder and for her relations with paramilitaries. His own contributions to the Special Peace Tribunal, the HEP, were rejected on the grounds that his testimony had not been honest about the extent of his own paramilitary links. Violence against the press in Colombia has increased in recent years, according to the country's Foundation for Press Freedom, known as the FLIP. 
Eight journalists fled the country last year, while Bogotá registered the most harassment. The most threatened journalists cover politics, armed conflict and security. More threats were made against journalists in 2022 than in any year for the past 15 years, according to the group, along with 20 physical attacks. The organisation also signalled the elections as a spike in hostile messaging against the press by politicians across the political spectrum. In the same week, the International Federation of Journalists published a report naming Colombia one of the world's most dangerous countries to practice journalism, with four murders of journalists last year. The group named the Americas the most hostile region of the world for journalism, with Mexico being the most dangerous country. Eleven journalists were murdered there in 2022. There were 68 murders counted worldwide last year. The floating balloons spotted in Colombian airspace last week are unmanned weather surveillance, confirmed to be Chinese but supposedly civilian rather than military, having drifted off course and entered the airspace of Colombia by accident. The same explanation was given by China for the balloon which ended up in US airspace, shot down by US forces days later. Those were your top stories for this week. Thanks for listening. And we're back. This is the Colombia Calling Podcast. I'm Richard McCall here in Bogota, Colombia, 2,600 meters closer to the stars. And this episode is very special. And you will know, as my listeners out there, that I am a trustee of Children Change Colombia, a very, well, an excellent small charity that really does work to protect um, Colombia's most at-risk children. Uh, children who are at risk of being recruited into armed groups or being pulled into a drug addiction or micro-trafficking or worse, prostitution and beyond. And so this week, we're going to discuss Children Change Colombia and the project that they have in downtown Bogota, Acejota. It's in the area of Los Martires. Now, some of you will know Los Martires. It's an area west of the Carrera Decima, downtown, in history, it was a very, very important part of Bogota. When you go down to these areas, there's the Church of the Voto Nacional, which is only just being opened up again for visitors. There's the uh, there's the um, pinnacle there, the, the sort of the, the memorial to the martyrs during the Republican during the Republican movement who were executed by the Spanish Carrera no Calle 13, which is the original entry to Bogota from the plains from Fontibon. It is somewhere that should be national heritage for Bogota, but it's always been seen as the back patio of Bogota, of La Candelaria. And so this week, we're going to be talking to three individuals who had the opportunity to go down to this area and visit with uh, Acejota on behalf of Children Change Colombia to see what the NGO is doing down there, what they are doing at this less salubrious part of the city, actually a pretty dangerous part of the city. If you have no reason to go there, you don't go. That's the reality. We have two Colombians who are resident in the UK, in London, and a Briton, of course, who was there as well. And they visited Acejota and saw and will reflect as we have this conversation about what it happens and what is being done in this in this charity. So I'm going to introduce all three, and then we'll hear from them about their experiences and how they've become involved in Children Change Colombia and supporting 
uh, this NGO. So we've got Abhijit Kapadia, who is an Indian-born Briton, but he's really a Columbia file, and he organizes Lat-Indian, so that's Latin-Indian-themed events. That's kind of a fusion. The one coming up is Columbia Masala, and Children Change Columbia will be there. Music, dance, and entertainment. So check that out on Facebook, because I know he's a well, he's, he's a voracious poster on Facebook about these events. We've got Betty Encinales, who's the director of Becruit. That's a global talent acquisition uh, specialist. So you can check out their website too. And we have Carlos Ordonez, who is a fintech solution specialist. So all three of you, welcome on the Columbia Calling podcast. Thank you. And Thank so you. We're Thank you for go. having us. Uh, that's it. That's it. All jump in. I want a conversation here. So let's go straight to Abhijit uh, and talk about how you got involved in Children Change Columbia. You're one of the most active, in fact, all of you are, uh, some of the most active supporters of the NGO. Tell us how you got involved and how you ended up going down to Los Martires and seeing this project in what is a depressed area of Bogota. Yes, um, thank you. Thank you, Richard. Um, in terms of where I actually, how I got involved in the a charity, it's very, very simple. Um, as you alluded to, that I run Latin-themed events, and I was um, given the opportunity to run um, the I Love Latino Night um, in Camden a number of years ago um, for the Children Change Columbia charity, and that's how I kind of got involved with the charity per se. Actually, Angelica Lopez, a very, very famous Colombian singer, was the person that first introduced me through and then I followed that up with my networking abilities and then I just contacted a few people in the charity got to know them and just said what I do that I'm a Latin mad loving Indian um, and on the social scene I got kind of involved and, and known and then I managed to just support the charity you know in different projects and different areas mainly around entertainment um, and, and just developed a relationship with relevant with people and went on the Thames walk went to some of their events as well and recently I went to the project talk I was in um, I actually booked a ticket to go to Colombia back in March I booked it through Solomon Travel who support well because of the charity uh, um, the Children's Change Columbia charity so I kept it all in-house um, <laughs> got a welcome invite to the charity uh, to the project talk met all sorts of different people as well who I've not met and also reacquainted with certain people through obviously not being in touch with them through COVID and 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 two, three years. So it was a question of re-establishing re things. Um, got to meet Angela Carreno, the, um, the chief, uh, the, the, the the chairman, I guess, or I and think. The director, um, sorry. The director, sorry. Um, and, um, you know, she's she, she wanted me to be involved in, 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 the, in the projects that um, I learned about. And I thought, well, I'm going to Bogota, so why not? Why not go to one of the hopefully get an invitation to go to one of the projects or, you know, and, and go to the area. And so in December, just about a month or so ago, or just, uh, yeah, just, just over, um, just under a month ago, it did. Um, uh, I, you know, I actually went as a real sort of like um, uh, tourist into the, I've only been to Colombia once. And so I actually then spent um, some time in looking around Colombia, the different cities, but I came back to um, after having done salsa a lot in Cali, um, <laughs> I came back to Bogota um, and I didn't have a phone uh, that was connected to the Wi-Fi. I didn't have a local phone. I used my iPhone that I got in London 
So I had no way of being able to get directions to the place apart from just the direct the Google Maps that the, the taxi driver had got because the charity arranged to uh, um, bring me to the um, to the to the place. And so I literally got to the place and I said, "Is this the address? Um, are you sure this is the address?" Wasn't sure. Asked a couple of people. They said they weren't sure, and I was a bit concerned because I didn't have any connections or anything. And then eventually, I walked into this office. And this lady said, um, try around the corner. And then as I walked out, thinking, panicking, I then met Martha. Mm-hmm. I think it was, and then Angela was there. So I had a massive relief. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really happy. And then I felt reassured. Um, and then I met Betty, who I've known on, on Facebook from, from the Latin America show, I think it was a few years ago. Uh, and then I met Carlos. I had the pleasure of meeting Carlos as well. So I felt a little bit at ease. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't know what to expect at that stage. So. You go down there, and it's these faceless buildings, right? I mean, that's it. And you, the, the sign, the sign is there, but it's again, if you don't know where you're going, you're you're just sort of sort of left there. And so, I'm glad that you were able to get in, and someone was able to guide you in the right way because they they sent you know Colombians are wonderful people, and they will tell you you know give you directions, but to anywhere. It might be the wrong place just to ingratiate themselves. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the realities. So you've got a good person who said, you know, round the corner. And what was your first reaction? I know you can, you can go up the stairs in this building, and I suppose there's it's a cacophony of noise from the children playing in there. Oh, yes, that was very, very good. The first thing I do need to say that I don't speak fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so that was an initial challenge for me because thinking that, you know, a lot of everything is going to be in actual Spanish talk and am I going to be able to follow it but you know I had um um Carol I think it was was actually explaining mm-hmm. in English when she could the what, what was happening but it was a it was a great just to, just to go there and see and open my eyes to something that's actually a reality rather than through you know watching it on a television screen or reading it in a book is such an amazing experience to actually see how things are and I felt very much at ease because one of the first project one of the first things we did was went into a room where they were all dancing yeah. and I love music yeah. and so they were doing a dance to jingle bells and I thought that was really really cool so I took on the role of actually taking the videos and posting yeah. and seeing um you know um some of the some of the star, children in Colombia visitors Betty and at Carlos and Angela getting involved with the students and learning some of the routines and the moves yeah. and I thought that was really really good way to just sort of integrate into the initial uh, session we were in we, we were involved in or we were we were taken to well it's it's such uplifting news that you know you're so involved in this and so personally invested that you would go to the project in a place where you know i tell my mother-in-law or something who's not from bogota but i tell her no i'm i'm going down to los martires and she starts crossing her you know the, you know, the cross in front of her face and so on it's like oh be careful but it, i think it's interesting that we we take some opinions from colombians as well i mean so i am going to go over now let's go over to betty and say listen what was your experience i mean you you are a bogotana uh, i think <laughs> you are a bogotana i am i am a bogotana <laughs> uh, to go down to los martires i mean when you were going down what did your what did your first of all what did your family have to say about this well, my, my, my mom and dad were completely against it. I mentioned to them that I was actually going to visit a project in Los Martires in Santa Fe. And my parents were like, are you crazy? Are you insane? Yeah. Literally, my mom was against it. And my dad, uh, that they were really upset with me. 
<laughs> but I said, look, I am definitely going to go. Um, I've never, I mean, I have worked within uh, different organizations all my life. I'm very connected to social work uh, in very vulnerable areas where I have distributed uh, food and resources in the past. Mm. So I'm kind of a brave woman to go there. Um, but yeah, what my parents have to say was kind of really kind of, are you crazy? Yeah. Um, what my friends have to say was the same. But I, I think that, I think one of the, the things I'm really connected in my life is actually uh, the fact that we need to learn about things as they are, not just seeing them on documentaries or just read books or get the impression from other people. Obviously, I have to be very careful. And that means I, 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 we, we call a, a cab. Obviously, we didn't have any jewelry or a mobile phone or anything like in, in like wearing nothing that was valuable. Um, very low profile, like you should go on the on those places to not attract any sort of attention. Um, and the impression for me was it was shocking, um, to be honest, when we were arriving uh, to Los Martires. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it's, it's a, it's a, there is a few streets that are full of prostitutes mm-hmm. and uh, homeless and a lot of people in drugs. So you can see that, that they are um, completely uh, passed out. Mm-hmm. So that was shocking for me and I was quite nervous. Uh, but the moment we enter to the house uh, or the organization where, where the kids are learning, it was a, a shock, positive shock because it was all clean it was just like like a little oasis in this place, yeah. which was really nice to see. Um, so yeah, that's that's the first like answer. <laughs> so I I think that's I think that's it, isn't it? It's it's the shock, and then of course you get through that door, and everything is is different. And it's there's this reality as you see you're going there you have your people passed out in the streets homelessness prostitution micro trafficking and it's you know as they say like a zona de tolerancia these things are in your face there's no you know there's no reason to hide it it's right there it's it's a, and this is the reality that the children see every single day uh, and that's of course what children change colombia are trying to obviously help with so you know carlos if i move over to you on this one when when you think of these realities and when you visited uh, what what is your overwhelming feeling is 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 that oh, we've got to, we've got to do more as as a bogotano what how do you feel when you get down there so i think um bogota as a city is divided into two sides of the city people that have lived and lived most of his life in maybe the north part of Bogota, mm-hmm. people that have maybe to go to work or study in many universities in the city center in, the, in town. So they go, but they might not see the other kind of face of, of Bogota, right? Um, so I had to actually, before this time, when I was born in Bogota, I had to pass uh, that road many times because my mom was living, well, she was, sorry, uh, working. In the center, she's a lawyer, so she had all the notarias and all these kind of places over there in the um, in the center of Bogota. So I had to pass through that 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 area many times before, but never enter and went inside. And just by seeing these kids and how happy they were, right? 
even though what they have is not as many other people in Bogota on the other face of Bogota, right? Mm. It was it was shocking at the start, uh, especially how how happy they were and um, and as it was mentioned before, they just start dancing when we enter. Like they were really warm to us. And then I just remember the kids, really small kid, just grabbed my arm and start dancing with me. And I didn't know what to do. And seeing their faces really, really happy all the time, even though they live in those conditions, is just, I think it's, it's great that Children Change Colombia and these organizations are doing something to help these kids. Even though it, for me is not enough, it's never enough. They should be more and more, not from charities, just like Children Change Colombia that is doing a lot, but also the government. And how the government have just is just like not paying attention to these people or to the kids, no like considering what life is for these kids, seeing everything what they can see in there. Uh, they were telling us about uh, murders, uh, obviously prostitution, many other things that happen in there um, that are shocking. Even though we were like going around the area, it was just shocking seeing all the kind of things that are happening there. Imagine kids. Um, 10, eight, eight-year-old kids seeing those kind of stuff. Um, so I think people and the government should do more. Uh, but obviously that doesn't depend on us. And I think this is why we all went there because even though we are through an organization, we're trying to support them and try to help them to get know, get to know, like uh, people get to know the organization to see how they can support even further. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, isn't it? We sort of wonder why there isn't more uh, involvement but of course this is a complex country uh with all sorts of issues i want to know when 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 you guys got in there uh i don't know who who wants to jump in you, you had an opportunity to talk to some of the children uh, were there children who were uh, displaced from other parts of colombia who would tell you about where they where they came from originally uh maybe betty um I never really asked the question if they were moved from city to city, but what I was very impacted was uh, that they have different sort of like classes that they're trying to integrate for those kids, not just to have like the education, but actually to have a much more integrated kind of education. Like for example, they were playing music or they were dancing. And, and the reason is because, uh, Basically, what they explained to us is that it's not just about giving the possibility to study, but actually to give them the possibility to enjoy life, to see that there is other things to do. They can be happy without just seeing the reality that they have to see every day. Yeah. The that impacted the most, to be honest with, with you, was talking to the, the prostitutes that are becoming or left prostitution because of these programs that uh, Children Change Colombia is creating and I that really impacted me. We saw three ladies that were in the meeting room just doing an uh, like their own projects that they wanted to be become entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, one was with a soap product, so she wanted to create some soap for animals. The other one is actually a very amazing. Uh, she she does like sewing and she like. She works in kind of fashion. So she's creating these amazing bags and jackets. And the last one was doing some products like for like food. So she's, she's doing some food to sell. But I love that they were, they were working uh, as like in, in, as a social, like uh, as a uh, prostitute uh, in the past. 
and so sexual workers. Um, but now they're actually building their own businesses and trying to get some help and getting educated and supported with this project, which I found it amazing because that's what we're trying to do. The idea on this project is not just to provide some funds, but actually to create a, a different opportunity for those people to change their lives so they can change their life of the children and the children grow up in a different environment. So that impacted me a lot. I think yeah. that's one of the things, and Abhijit, maybe you can jump in on this one. When you walked around that area, obviously you were accompanied by people from the project, and you see like the spaces where, uh, you know, the, the, the spaces where prostitutes, they pay for that space, right? I mean, the whole thing is a business, the whole thing down there. And what is another thing that impacts me on going down is there's no open spaces for children, or if there are open spaces, they are entirely co-opted by the gangs. Uh, maybe, maybe Abhijit, you can, you can give us some of the, your reflections on walking around uh, the Santa Fe area of Los Martires. Yeah, I mean, my eyes were looking everywhere. <laughs> Literally, just just the whole sort of like experience was really harrowing for me. I've never really experienced anything like this um, before. I've been to a few areas, of, you know, in India, which are poverty driven, deprived as well, and they're called shanty towns, or you know. But seeing just general, you know, obviously seeing the prostitutes in the areas and they're occupying their spaces, seeing people walking maybe towards as well and then just seeing the general people on the streets and all smoking um quite a lot as well and being drunk and stumbling yeah i was i was firstly obviously from a from a visitor's perspective i was happy i didn't phone or anything of valuable on me as betty alluded to initially i even took my jumper off because it was quite a hot day actually which is quite nice to know but um you know uh and uh, yeah, my eyes were just like watching around. I, I remember saying to Car um, to Caroline, I think it was uh, Carol. Sorry, yeah. um, this guy, this this cop, he's got a gun. He's like, and he looks so young. He looks like about sixteen to seventeen years old. And I don't know how old he was, mm -hmm. but he just looks so so young. And I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, this is like real. This is real right now for me. This is real. It could be a film or something when I'm at home watching. But this is reality right now, and I need to be on my guard. I've got, you know, comfort of the fact and reassurance that I'm with the, the project um, and nothing's going to happen. You just thought at any minute, minute of time you let your guard down, something could happen, and, but you just actually see the reality of it and it strikes you and you think, wow, this is, this is quite, this is something, this is a real experience, and I'm so, so happy I, I, I went to it. Just just on the flip side of that, I just wanted to also mention two things very quickly about the the initial projects I visited as well. I was so enamored by the fact that the, the kids were so happy to dance. And also when we asked them to play musical instruments, they just went and did it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get shyness. They weren't bashful at all. They were very, very positive and confident. And I, I think I even when I was walking out, because I saw a lot of the letters and, and the names of animals in English, I'm sure one of the guys said to me, where are you from, bro? And I thought, wow, that's kind of like, and I said to him, so India, um, and he smiled. And I think that was quite engaging for me. Just literally as I was walking out, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, where he was from exactly, but I just thought that was a real experience as well. So you take the rough with the smooth and, you know, you, you kind of like just are happy to be involved in in that moment, in that in that period of time when you can experience quite a few different, you can go through different emotions 
in your head, in your mind, your feet, your feet, everything. You just feel you're on edge, but at the same time, you're happy to be there, if you see what I mean. Um, absolutely. I absolutely understand. And I think uh, maybe, maybe Carlos, because you say you know, your mother worked in the downtown part, uh, you are maybe, as they say in, in Colombia, you have mas mundo for the for the area, or you're a little bit more experienced in in the area. But I I want to sort of talk about it is when you walk around. One thing that struck me because I spent so much time in the Calle 13 and around the Estación de las Sabanas, the original um, train station, and a little bit in the former Bronx and what is now now the Bronx, so the new one. But when you are walking, I'm sure you recognize straight away the jibaros, the people who controlled each block. You could tell, Carlos, couldn't you, who was who was in control. And it's with their uh, their permission that you get to walk around here. How did you feel under that, under their gaze? So um, when I was around 16, 17, I used to go with my mom to the center of town. Right, just to do meetings, whatever she had to do for work, and it was okay because she felt confident going there and then going even even if it's not the prettiest part of Bogota, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was okay, but this part is a little bit different. Obviously, where we were uh, in December it was um, more, as you say, we can see different people like controlling people that control the area and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We were in the building where the kids were and stuff. And then as soon as we went out, I remember we went to a corner and then the person that was showing us around just mentioned about how the gangs control the area, how the gangs, there are two different gangs, apparently um, gang from Venezuela and gang from uh, Mexico. Um, can't remember the name. Sinaloa Cartel, I think it was. Yes. So telling how they control Arragua. the place. Yeah. Sorry? The Tren de Arragua. Is the Venezuelan one. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he was telling us how they control that place and nobody moves without they knowing that they're moving in that place. And behind us at that point, there was a woman serving coffee in a car, a small car to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then I remember he was saying, even that woman that's serving coffee, she might be looking at us, thinking what we're going to do and informing the people that manage the song and that place um, in case we do something strange. We could realize actually that, uh, at least me, that the person that was us was really well known in the area for the good service that he was giving to the community. And I think for that reason, they didn't approach us or anything because one thing that I noticed is that um, many women that were there working and, 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 and sexuals and everyone was trying to talk to the different guys or people walking around. Mm. But as soon as they look at us, they see us, they didn't even look at us or anything. They just, you know, they just, yeah. they, don't, they didn't say anything. Yeah. So it's the kind of vibe of respect maybe for what they're doing, because even though they live in that life, they knew that these people in that, in um, Children's Church Colombia are trying to do good to the kids that are involved in that area. Um, so I felt a little bit safe. However, um, same, I was thinking, what's going on here? Every time I was trying to look around. Normally, when I walk in, in Bogota, I look around just to make sure nothing, yeah. you know, something weird, you know, you have to pay attention, you know. Mm-hmm. But in that area, I was more kind of being aware of what's happening around me in my surroundings, just to make sure that everything was okay. I was kind of different, 
Um, it was an experience um, going around the area, but it was it was kind of good to see that some charities, some 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 organizations, are trying to make the difference and trying to help over there. And, and Carlos, maybe when you are obviously your Colombian, so native native speaker, did you get to speak to some of the children in the project in Acehota and, and hear about their stories? Um, not really, not to the kids, uh, because we were more doing um, activities with them, uh, like dancing that they said before, uh, mm -hmm. playing as well. Um, I think it was the piano that they were playing. Uh, but we spoke to, so after going around the place, we went to house of someone that works there in the area. Uh, she wanted to tell us a little bit about her story, everything. And where you were saying about displacement, I think she mentioned that she's taking care of six different kids in that house, quite a lot. Two of them or three of them, I can't remember how many, were Colombian, she was Venezuelan. Um, so she moved there uh, about two years ago. I can't remember how long ago. She had about three kids and the other three kids was from someone that was uh, misplaced, misplaced in Colombia. And then um, her mom was killed, was murdered there in 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 that in that place. And then her uh, their dad is was in jail, something like that. Um, so we were talking to her about her experience, what she was doing there. Well, how she can support these kids, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she was living there by herself. Um, I think um, an aunt, someone, an aunt of hers or of the kids was coming time to time just to help her out. But I was shocking, shocked by the space of the house. It was really, really tiny house. It was, she was amazing, really good host, was trying to give us all the best. Like, um, as soon as we entered, we felt really warm. We sat down, she was telling us her story, how she can support these kids, and that she does whatever her, her kids, even though some of the kids are not her own, as she said, are Colombian. She's trying to help them out, and even though went to uh, a judge because they wanted to take some of the kids apart from, um, apart from her, uh, the Colombian kids. Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was change, life changing when I heard about her story, what she was doing, and to support these kids and everything. So I think that was the main interaction that we had. If I'm not wrong, yeah. uh, Betty, you wanted to say something, add something. Yeah, I, I I echo what you were saying, Carlos. I mean, for the, the visit was incredible because it, it gave us in three hours uh, an overview of what people live, what the project is about, and the impact that this has on mothers like the woman that we were talking to. Mm -hmm. This woman was selling coffees in the streets. She has to pay per day her living. So they're living in these houses that are, are sharing by a lot of other people that have pretty much like no resources. They're they're really poor, but she she managed to have it very clean and she was kind of showing her home uh, to us and sharing the experience on how how hard it is for her as a single mother to protect these six children and how massively like support she's been given by Children Change Colombia by looking after the kids while she's actually trying to make her living selling coffees in the street. Mm. So that was very, that was very impactful. Not just the, the visit around the, the, the neighborhood that was very impacting for us, because as you were saying, Carlos, we were seeing the reality by the prostitutes, the, 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 the homeless and how divided it is and that you really feel like 
there's a control above mm. all this. The government knows, but nobody says anything. Mm. Uh, also, the experience of the kids dancing, singing, and, and sharing with us at that moment. But the most impactful for, for us, I think, was to actually listening to the story of how all these mothers, uh, mostly sexual workers that leave their children in this organization and and they're having the opportunity to work while their children is being looked after in the right conditions so they they uh, by all other thing i want to add into this is that before this project i was a little bit judgmental in some aspects i was always thinking these women are not finding other types of opportunities for them i'm a woman and I'm always thinking about that, like why those women cannot find other types of jobs. And actually having a conversation with a social worker that was um, leading this project came with us. He said to me, you you wouldn't know how hard it is for those women to actually find other opportunities. They're kind of marked for, for, for life when you're a, a sexual worker and they don't have any other abilities. And ma- the majority of them have and they expose their lives every single day to be killed and they export their life to have diseases and they pretty much don't have a, any other choice because when they sign up for this basically they're i mean what he was explaining is that it's not that simple to leave so before the the my visit i i was actually quite judgmental as i said richard uh but then after i, I understood that it's not only that they're don't want to change their life. It's actually they're having it very difficult, yeah. and having the opportunity to li- li- visiting this home, and and knowing that there's a lot of women in this situation where they have no support from the government or nothing else. They have to make some money to feed six children. Mm-hmm. It's quite, boring, you know. So that was also very overwhelming for for us. I think. Is, is is this the house, the apartment round the corner, right on the corner of like the like almost the 24 around there? It, it, yeah. Because I think I went up. Like the, the, the lady has a. It's an incredible story. I mean, it's a it's a tragic story, but she is a success story of Ace Horta, and of course supported by Children Change Colombia. That it you know she was able to to get to where she is now to look after six children, and you know there is it it is. Kind of amazing, isn't it? And it, it, downstairs, I think there's a recycling, uh, like I won't even say it, bodega is the only way I can put it because you wouldn't pay re- recycling center because it's very, very informal. Uh, and these people go out all day and night looking for cardboard and metal and uh, rubber and cable and so on. Uh, and yes, hearing from her is something that really brings it very close, very personal. And I like. Uh, it's incredible to hear from you, Betty, to say, you know, you, you arrived with one opinion and left with another one, which is, it's so very important because now you can share that with others. And I think, you know, it, this goes now, not, you know, from, from your mouth to that, to the ears of your family and saying, listen, I was down there. I've seen the people. I've seen a reality. I've heard it. And how it, it's an incredible opportunity uh, to take one person out as a success, but there are thousands, <laughs> and that's the truth. And we need to we need to work together to do this. And I just I, I am I am overwhelmed that you should be able to get down there and see 
the the work being done and and the work you know these children being so happy and Abhijit mentioned it is like so ready to play the music and so ready to dance it's a very cultural thing you know in England we we don't dance and we get shy when you're playing music and and therefore you see the joy that these children have in being able to show you what they have learned and what what they are now doing and i i just it was very very impacting to me to to go down there but i i want to i mean we, we can i just to, um, raise can i just raise one thing very very yeah. quickly sorry just on that point richard um you know two things again really kind of came to the fore my reaction or my overwhelming excitement at going back to the hotel i was, I was and telling the people what I did in the morning, mm. you know, bittersweet in that sense was just in my my broken Spanish was was a lot of fun. But one of the things I did notice is not many people know about the charity. I'll, I'll come on to this a bit later on. But what I tried to do is I tried to connect the hostel I stayed at because there are a lot of young people there. Mm. And obviously they take in people, you know, looking to to to, 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 to travel around South America and see Colombia obviously first but then also to travel to South America but they were all very interested in the the charity and what the charity were doing and my experiences being probably obviously from from London um you know so adding that to the point where you know I, I can put my virtual reality glasses on and in a project talk in the Hippodrome in London to actually then having the opportunity to actually visit within one month or so maybe yeah give or take one and a half months mm. An incredible feeling for me because you know I could have gone to the project talk and heard about everything and not not visualize what was happening. And again, like Betty's, um, you know, um, opinion changed. She was saying she was very, uh, you know, her changed from the visit before to after. So same with me in that sense. Although I didn't have any expectations, but I just was really happy to have the opportunity to go from A to B. If you see what I mean. Um, so I just wanted to share that. No, I love I love that 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 side of things. Betty, I, I quickly wanted to ask again. You saw the the ladies with their emprendimientos, their startups, soap, embroidery, bags, jackets, uh, food. Did you did you have the opportunity to buy anything from them? I couldn't, but I am in touch with one of them, which I'm uh -huh. hoping to help because I think she's very talented. Also, she has a, an amazing product. The only problem, obviously, is that she has any connect. She has not any connections with anything uh but they're very talented they need some visibility and they need a little bit more help from other people that might be able to connect them to mm. other places this lady is actually have her own taller in yeah. her own home and she's trying to kind of build this small business with her family but again she's very talented the, the bags were amazing and i'm trying to put them in touch with one of the companies I'm very close to. So mm -hmm. see if they're kind of give her the opportunity to, to manufacture their employees uh, gifts for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to do before I'm, I head back to London. And I'm really hoping to connect her with other person as well. That is, they might need someone that do this type of work in retail. So hopefully. So if this is, I mean, these are the good news connections and contacts that come out of this kind of experience. Yeah. And, and Carlos, you're now back there in London. Abhijit's in London. Betty's here in, in Colombia uh, uh, visiting at the moment. But Carlos, you're in London. How has the visit in, you know, changed you when you come back? Are you telling more people in the Colombian diaspora or your English friends about the charity? 
So first, the experience is life changing. It's completely. It's, there is a, an after, um, uh, a before and after. Mm. It's uh, you, you, you get to know. Well, you realize how privileged you are just by coming to the UK, just by they had the chance to grow up, born, what were born in Colombia, and had the chance to come here to the UK and work here and live here. And the first thing that I did when um, I left uh, this place. Um, uh, I went and told a few friends in Colombia, even that at the end they haven't been there, they don't know what's going on there, and I just explained to them how small things can change the life of these people. Like um, I was in contact with one of them to see if we can donate some clothes or something like that. I couldn't at the end, but it's just like small things that we get for granted. These people need it, and even though maybe not in the UK, but in Colombia, people can do something uh, as well. Um, so I spoke to a few friends to see how we can support the organization there just by donating some stuff. I have a few, I used to play the violin and the guitar. I don't play them anymore, but, and I have them in Colombia. They are not like nobody used them. So by donating those stuff, people can enjoy them. Kids can play them. Right. Um, and here in the UK, I met a few, few friends of mine that I have told them about the experience. Um, I don't think people realize the the how like the situation until they see it until they experience the situation because it's it's totally different is one thing is telling you how it is but one thing is viewing or seeing in your own eyes what children change colombia and these organizations are doing for kids um so i've been telling many people <laughs> about my experience over there um everybody sounds kind of um they want to know how they can support Mm. Uh, but they don't know how sometimes. So um, I was going to talk to Angela and some other guys at the Children's Church Colombia to see how we can maybe do something else or um, fundraising. So whatever we can we can do to promote, um, I will be up for it. Well, I, I'll take this moment as we wind down now to say, listen, thank you all of you for your, your time uh, sharing your experiences. You noticed that socioeconomic divide in the city from where you were staying or where you live and then going down to Santa Fe in Los Martires. But the people are wonderful and they received you with open arms. And these projects, Ace Horta, you know, supported by Children Change Colombia, it really does do a job of keeping the children off the streets, out of uh, harm's way out of the reach of illegal gangs, illegal armed groups, micro trafficking, of course, falling into becoming sexual workers. And there, I know that in Ase Horta, they also, you know, it's a voluntary uh, opportunity for women and sex workers to receive psychosocial help should they want it to enable themselves to perhaps leave. Uh, this this industry and and the danger that they they put themselves in every single day. So let me say thank you to Betty Abijit and and Carlos for their time. It, it's 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 so uplifting to hear of people who have seen these things with their own eyes, Colombians and a Britain as well. Therefore, different perspectives, but with the same aim. So thank you again for your time. And I know that people will enjoy this episode because it's it's very personal, isn't it? So thank you, Betty, Abhijit, and, and Carlos. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, thank you for the time. 
It's it's been an absolute pleasure to all three of you. And so please, you know, you can check out Children Change Columbia very easily on uh, the internet. So it's Children Change Columbia. They have also uh, Instagram and you know doing great things and also all sorts of fundraising drives uh, all, out, all throughout the year. Walks, Thames walks. Uh, I, I think there was a dancing drive. Betty offers her services as in in sort of recruitment. Uh, is it recruitment talks that you give Betty sometimes that you know people sign up for? And of course, uh, uh, Abhijit's uh, Lat Indian fusion evenings and afternoons. I know that uh, a lot of the money you know you take uh, money there for uh, for the for the uh, charity itself. So thank you all of you for your for your help and for your continued support of the uh, of the uh, NGO Children Change Colombia. This has been the Columbia Calling Podcast. I've been Richard McColl. And of course, complete uh, transparency. As always, I am a trustee of Children Change Columbia. So therefore, therein lays not just one interest, but another interest, not just helping Columbia's most at-risk children, but also helping to organize and ensure that the NGO you know, fulfills its aims. We'll go over now to some of our uh, sponsors and then, of course, sign off. Be sure to sign in next week and listen to another interview about something Columbia related. Bye bye. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind the scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. The Columbia Calling Podcast is also proud to say that we are sponsored by BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator in Columbia, providing a large range of private day tours, transportation, and bespoke packages throughout Columbia since 2017. By popular demand, from January 2023, they will be providing exclusive small group shared tours for those aged 50 and over. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a private package of your own, just complete the form on the Columbia Calling website, that's columbiacalling.co, or the Plan My Trip form on the BNB Columbia Tours website. That's bnbcolumbia.com. And they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all your questions and to start the planning of your Columbia adventure. So please support our sponsors, our patrons here on the Columbia Calling Podcast. That's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Thank you again. Con Chincho, Royata, 